Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Saints and siblings in Christ, good morning. You know, for all of the challenges that come along with this gospel text before us this morning, all of the truly idiotic and harmful historical interpretations, the problematic theology that has bubbled up from it, the oddities of translation that exist in its verses, despite all of that, I have to admit, I really have come to love this passage. And I love it, friends, simply because it is one of the very, very, very few instances in all of the Gospels that Jesus flat out gives us the answer to his parable. No need to look hard and parse deeply each and every phrase to try to decipher what it is that the story is about because Jesus, through Luke, spells out the answer. This is a parable about the disciples and our need to pray always and to not lose heart. Full stop. That's it. Now, if the point of the parable is easy, let me just say that the reason that the parable exists is equally simple. Why is it that Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and to not lose heart? Well, friends, the answer is for them and for us, because sometimes life really sucks. It just does. And I think sometimes it is easy for us, reading these books thousands of years later, to forget the weight of the challenges that were facing the disciples day in and day out throughout our Gospels. They must have been just absolutely overwhelmed sometimes. Think about, for a minute, where we are in this story. Jesus is, at this point, well on his way to Jerusalem, And he has made it very clear that when he gets there, he is going to die. And what's more, he has hinted more than once that the lives of those who follow him are at risk as well. The disciples know that the future is more about taking up their own crosses than sitting pretty and living lives of comfort. Up to this point, Jesus has been consorting with lepers and people possessed by demons. He has, let's say, cautioned the crowds around him about the very real and eternal dangers of wealth and success. He has demanded repentance. He has rebuked entire villages. He has made enemies of some of the richest and most powerful people and families of the day, literally of the known world. And through it all, These disciples have walked and walked and walked and walked behind him. They have left their families. They have left their possessions. They have become objects of ridicule. They have had their lives threatened and their reputations shattered. Trust me, the disciples needed to hear this parable. But it's still a weird parable. In it, 
we meet only two characters, the unjust judge and the widow, both of whom I think deserve just a smidgen of background as we look at this text today. So, why is the judge unjust? Simple. Because he does not follow Torah. He is a judge of the law who does not follow the law. The two basic tenets of the law are love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's not a Jesus thing. It's something that's literally been around all the way back into Deuteronomy. Love God and love your neighbor. And in this judge, we find a man who does neither of those things. In fact, he relishes in the fact that he does not do those things. And if you do not love God and you do not love your neighbor, then you cannot possibly execute justice. So enter the widow. Now we have no idea what the widow is seeking justice about, and it's really not important to the text. What we do know is that she is persistent. Day after day after day, she goes to this unjust judge demanding justice. Day after day after day. And eventually we read that the judge gives in. Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, but because this woman keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she will not wear me out. And friends, literally the Greek here is my favorite thing in the world. It says, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, but because this widow is beating me up, I will grant her justice so that in the end, she doesn't leave me with a black eye. That's the Greek. It's so much better than the English translation. I just want you to know that. That's awesome. The widow came at him day after day after day, so much so that people were beginning to notice and now I don't think that this text is indicating that the widow was literally going to punch the guy in the face, though perhaps she wanted to, but it does point to her persistence rallying the support of her community to bring about change. She was making him look bad. Now this man was rich, he was powerful, he was secure and certain that no one could knock him off his seat of power. The only thing she could do was make him look bad, to give him a black eye in the public sphere. And his ego couldn't handle that. Jesus gives us the answer here. When, when we ask together, what does this mean for us, this whole weird, wonky parable, Jesus gives us that answer. It's still a parable, as weird as it is, about praying always and not losing heart. Now, I do not love some of the historical interpretations of this passage. There is a narrative out there that you may have heard before that I want to speak against here really quick. And it says that, um, the unjust judge is God and the widow is us and all we need to do, friends, is pray and pray and pray and pray and eventually God will give us whatever we want. Yeah, I saw those faces. <laughs> no. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the God that I believe in. I do not believe that God sits around on a throne in the sky watching football on the real, real big screen, ignoring our prayers until we get so annoying that God breaks down and gives us answers. 
I don't think this parable is even a little bit about our relationship with God. I think that it's about our relationship with the world. I think that Jesus is looking at his disciples, these exhausted, tired, scared guys who are following him around a desert, and he recognizes that, you know what? Sometimes life really does suck for these guys. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's great and awesome and nifty, but sometimes the world weighs heavy on us because there's a lot going on and not all of it is good. So Jesus tells us to pray always and to not lose heart. And then he ends this parable with a phrase and he asks, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And what does that mean? Well, what's faith? You may recall from the last couple of weeks of talking about faith, that faith is not something of quantity that we can hoard or build up or that we might not have enough of. It's something that is sufficient for us. So when Jesus comes looking for faith, what does that look like? Does it look like constant prayer while we sit behind our big brick walls waiting for Jesus to come back again? Does it look like unanswered justice in the world around us because, well, golly, Jesus, what could I possibly do to fix all of this? No. Faith is alive. Faith is active. My talk talks, my walk talks, but my walk talks louder than my talk talks, right? Good. Nod. That's good. It means that despite our weakness, despite our powerlessness sometimes, despite all of the junk that is happening in the world around us, we do not give up. And so we pray, saints and siblings in Christ, not that God would come down and change the world with lightning bolts and fire and all that fun stuff, but that we, we, would be strengthened, inspired, spirit-filled, and bold enough to get out there and do what needs doing. That God would work through each and every one of us through our hands and feet to right side up the world. We pray to be connected to God, yes, but also because prayer connects us to one another, to the whole communion of saints. In prayer, we are joined to the voices of the faithful in places like Kippaduka, Tanzania, relentlessly, together, calling on the kingdom of God into existence again and again and again. Faith is persistent prayer. Trusting that God is here and not giving up no matter how many unjust judges the world throws our way. Faith is something that we get to do together and it changes the world. And for this prayer, we can all say, thanks be to God.